All right, welcome to Say Shura. I'm Scoop Magoot. I'm Jim Jam. And we have a fun little dichotomy of album anniversaries today that really have not much to do with one another besides the fact that they are celebrating an anniversary this year. Uh, but we thought it'd be interesting to talk about because I, these are albums that are very close to me um, in terms of the artists and just um, the albums in, in general. One of them, the album specifically, is big for me. The other one, um, I'm a huge fan of the artists and I think this is kind of a seminal album in their career. Um, but I don't think Jimmy, I think Jimmy, I can kind of maybe put my finger on where his opinion might land, but I thought it'd be interesting to hear his thoughts and talk about some pretty important albums in their respective genres and, and you know, times and places when they came out. Um, and what better place to start than the one that came out first and is arguably um, at least a top five black metal album of all time, at least in terms of influence, many people would consider uh, you know, one of the best, but certainly one of the most influential, and that's uh, De Mysterio Don Satanus by Mayhem. Came out in '94, so it's celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Uh, really weird. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, mean, I always say that, like with every anniversary we have, but like, it's weird. <laughs> mm. No, it totally is, and in this one in particular, it's interesting because the songwriting for this. I mean, technically, this should have come out. Well, I mean, it's hard to say that, but this, in terms of how songwriting usually goes, this should have come out sooner. Uh, songwriting began in 87, began, you know, what's that? Like, you know, eight year, like seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, their lead single, their uh, lead vocals at the time, Dead, uh, committed suicide. Uh, and then... And, and, and then the guitarist... Was murdered. You know... Well, no, I was going to say that the, the guitarist broke into Dead's house and took pictures of him, yeah. of, his, of his body. Yes, um, there's that. It, it's it's just like a very happy story. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's like those fairy tales where, like, you know, they lived happily ever after. It's really... Like, 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 like they do, but there's just, like, a lot of bloodshed and, like, spewed brain matter. It's just really funny how difficult black metal bands make it to, you know, like them. Like, when you tell... Like normal, I don't say normal people. Well, I guess maybe normal people. When you tell them about like some of the stuff these people have done, they're like, "Yeah, that's that's pretty fucked up." Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah no, it kind I, of is. Like, 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 I find it so weird how easily people just talk about Faust. You know, the uh, the Emperor drummer. Just oh like, yeah, yeah. Up, up and just killing a guy. Just like, oh yeah, you know, I was out in the park the other day and just you know, just fucking kill this guy. You know. Yeah, it's, it's like I I think this. I mean, not to get too much into this because I want to sort of talk about this album. But yeah. um, I think it's part of like a larger issue that I think goes beyond like black metal or even metal. And it's just like this fundamental um, flaw in not realizing that art kind of isn't real in a sense. <laughs> like for, for some reason, like, like the, these guys were just obsessed with being so brutal and they sort of forgot that it started out as very theatrical and not like it it's it's the whole thing's a goof like yeah they they just ended up taking it way too seriously yeah and that kind of is rooted in so black metal came out um well both black metal death metal came out roughly around the same time but the the second wave of black metal came out after 
death metal of like the late 80s started to, to you know really gain prominence Decline. um and kind of you know changed and then the early 90s obviously you know bands like suffocation there's 90 91 was like probably the biggest year of death metal history of like just the sheer number of classic albums that came out um however overseas in um in norway in norway mm-hmm. sweden you know all yeah. those those crazy countries um <laughs> Something that a lot of people have expressed in a few... I mean, there's there's no shortage of documentaries on black metal. But something they expressed is they felt like death metal became too commercial, too fake. Um, yeah. In the sense that, you know, you had all, like, the gore and, the, you know, like, look at any given Cannibal Corpse cover or even any death cut. Like, you know, just it became, they thought, too much of a facade and too goofy and too too theatrical and ironically they didn't do a very good job of not being theatrical but anyway um they wanted to be like truly brutal and truly evil and like actually that's why a lot of black metal albums are like you know black and white or like really shitty quality they wanted to be raw and heavy they didn't want to have all the you know the pomp and circumstance that they saw you know what you might think of that i i think that they may have a, a point, at least from their perspective. I don't really agree, but in any case, that's what really drove a lot of these bands to be over the top. And Mayhem is is one of the best examples with you know their lead singer committing suicide, kind of like to Jimmy Jimmy alluded to. They then use some photos of him, you know, dead um, from a shotgun, you know, self induced shotgun blast to the head on an, an EP cover, which that's that's just wonderful. <laughs> and then their guitarist was was stabbed by Varg from from Burzum who actually played bass on this album. So it kind of delayed the album quite a bit. And, you know, understandably, you know, two of the key members <laughs> died in, in various ways. So when this finally came out in 94, it's kind of a similar uh, circumstance to an album by a rap group called KMD, which had oh, yeah. A, yeah. Uh, a very, very young MF Doom. And from t- in today's standards, that album, it, I think it finally was released in the mid-90s. That album is not truly groundbreaking or revolutionary in any way. It sounds like a lot of the other albums that came out around that time. Except, People like it. it. No, I love it, except it was recorded much earlier and just was never released. So it's kind of... It's kind of... Uh, you, you, you know what? An, you an, another good example. Yeah. Uh, the first Mif- uh, Misfits album, Static Age. Yeah, another so. great example. You wonder what would have happened if those ideas were released so much sooner like what 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 happens if if the mysterious dom satanus came out in 87 and like was able to have that much more influence back then because this this album truly is an amalgamation of like all the core you know you have some really raw like you know sinister songs some fast d beat songs some songs with some blast beats obviously some experimentation with mood and atmosphere some really heavy tremolo riffing you know focus songs it really had you know kind of an all of the above approach and the so, one scott it's, sorry to interrupt you but i um i i, I honestly I, i'm just curious like do you consider this to be like a groundbreaking album because i, I mean i'm assuming you do Yes. Um, yeah. I, could, could you just explain that? Because, like, I'll say it right now. Like, I think I love this album, but, like, I think of it as just, like, a really fucking solid, tight black metal album. I don't think of it as, like, something that, like, has never been done before. But to be fair, my, you know, my um, my experience in this genre is very minimal. So. Yeah. I mean, this, some of these songs were in earlier forms, uh, you know, a really influential black metal release from these guys was a uh, live in uh, Liceberg, 
which mm. had it was a live album with Dead, and Dead's vocals are much more standard black metal, you know, like the shrieky stuff like that. Um, and Attila is just yeah, Attila are, and I think just <laughs> to not to get away from this point too too much, but yeah. the reason I am somewhat hesitant, you know, I would have loved to have seen what would have happened if this came out sooner, uh, but I not that I am glad Dead is is dead but i think that what sets this album apart and this may not speak more to the influential argument but just in general what sets it apart is attila's vocals sound like no other black metal vocalist at, yeah. at the time and you know obviously or since, even now even I, now I, honestly the, the only the only band i can think of that's even close is um i think it's called sun worship yeah, I remember it. Yeah, there there are a few bands that may like some you know kind of have at least the same approach like not really the shriekiness but kind of like a weird you know sinister, evil kind of delivery. But Attila very is very much singular. I, I don't know, um, I don't know how this album would have sound if Dead kind of had a more traditional vocals. But I love the fact that they have, you know, they have such a different. Um, I I, I just realized it just occurred to me that that Attila's vocals on this album kind of sound like if like Wario and Waluigi tried to start a, a black metal band. <laughs> you know what? Wario. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a very good point. I don't think that's what they were going for for a number of reasons. I don't think that's what they were going for, but it's it's funny to think about regardless. Says um, you maybe Attila's like just like a big Mario fan. Maybe yeah, he he was playing like that one game where like Mario shows up for the first time. He's like hell yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if we have the timeline correct for that at all, but I guess we'll we'll have to do I, some back end research. We might though. That that's the weird thing. That's is, hilarious. Is like... <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I think one of the, the reason I mean this came out in the second wave. It came out around you know. A lot of Dark Thrones influential art uh, albums, and you know, take your pick of, of different, um, you know, different influential bands at the time. I think this has just been a really enduring album. Uh, it's mm. one of those things where maybe it wasn't groundbreaking in the sense that you know what they did hadn't been done before, but I think the way they brought it to the table um, was unique in the sense that they really did a lot. They did a little bit of everything. Like I said, there are some black metal bands that, you know, were focused just on, like, you know, Marduk, for example. Marduk was just, you know, Blast Beat, Blast Beat Central. Like, they just, you know, fast, heavy, you know, and you have bands, obviously, like Emperor, who just did the symphonic thing. Dark Throne, who was more raw and did more of the, you know, like the DB drumming and stuff like that. I feel like more, Mayhem... More melody, in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, yeah, exactly. But I feel like Mayhem did a little bit of everything which was unique on this album. I feel like they kind of pulled from every single style and did their own thing with it. Um, I think what really is big with this album is the fact that uh, these songs, you know, Freezing Moon um, is such an enduring song. Um, a Funeral Fog is an enduring, you know, like there's mm -hmm. classics on this album that have, you know, maintained um, the test of time, which is really unique for, this kind of music because since it's so difficult to hear the vocals and a lot of the songs admittedly at least on a first pass sound relatively similar sometimes it's difficult for um individual songs to stick out but i feel like in the black metal canon there are a number of mayhem songs that would be included in that um even though it is you, more, more of an album genre or yeah album length genre in terms of how people consume it do you think this is like an example of like maybe um Sort of like we've talked about this a little bit how we how there will be like an, an album or like a band that will 
produce this amazing new sound and then there'll, there'll come a band that will take that sound to refine it i feel like mayhem in this album was kind of like that like sort of like you know like neurosis came up with like post metal but like someone like isis like refined it more yeah i think that's and i yeah. think one of the best examples is uh um napalm death i mean napalm death really they weren't the first band to do blast beats they weren't the first band to kind of lean towards that grind direction um yeah, discharge other, is kind of discharge, in there. Discharge, though the bands like uh, I think Siege is is really influential. Oh yeah, yeah. In that Se- Siege is really. But there yeah. are other. Napalm Death was the band that everyone was like, "Oh fuck!" Like this is the thing now. Like they really took and synthesized everything. I mean, there's any number of uh, of examples for that. I mean, um, you know, Punk's a great example because you, you know, Punk was such an underground scene. How many bands never saw the light of day that were super influential that just you know they never recorded or they never got a deal or anything. It's always yeah. hard to know. Um, I mean, even in our, our own lives, I mean, there have been times where I've heard music and I can't think of any examples right now, but I've heard music and thought, oh, this band's so influential. And then you hear, okay, well, these are actually the people who influenced them. Uh, you know, like you hear, mm. you dig back in the roots. Uh, I think since Mayhem was kind of at ground zero, you know, they, in all, like Dark Throne Mayhem, uh, Marduk, Emperor, they kind of yeah. all were around at the same time and all kind of feeding off each other. They're relatively in the same area, more or less. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think that what this album did has, has endured for so long because it really does pull from a variety of traditions and executes it well. And especially because of what came after is also a big reason why people go back to this release because they continuously stayed relevant by doing very odd bizarre things with their sound you know each album was you know they had an album that was like an industrial trip hop you know weirdness with a uh, grand declaration of war then wait um, seriously yeah they had some weird moments on grand declaration I, I, of war but okay but, but how is that album took like taken now uh not like, not not super well <laughs> yeah i was, I was gonna say like, like morbid angel did the same thing and they just get shit on for yeah it. and <laughs> then uh chimera was kind of came after was kind of a more straightforward approach and then you have uh order red ko which was had a horrible production which you know was infamous so really they've just kind of fed off of infamy honestly mm-hmm. that's kind of been at the core of their sound and you, you could you can have your opinion about whether or not that's a good or a bad thing i would say that's probably not the best way or best yeah. reason to be in the news but i think that they have because dark throne is kind of you know they've kind of gone into a crust punk route and just been a little bit you know standard marduk has kind of done made the same album for forever at this point <laughs> obviously obviously emperor is not around anymore but even they um, I, I i think didn't they reactivate or something like I that. Think like, they've like, done like, some like tour appearance, you know, big festival yeah, appearances. Yeah, I, I, I thought, but I thought they were doing. Yeah, that I thought they were going to be doing some touring this year too. That'd um, be cool. Uh, I, I thought I heard, heard something that. about an album, perhaps. That'd too. be. I would love to hear because obviously, uh, Isan, Isan has remained active. You know, yeah. very active. Not that I, I'm personally, I'm not been a huge fan of his post Emperor material, but at least you know they're. The wheels are churning. You know, it's not like a band coming out of... What's the one with Nietzsche's face on the album cover? Um, They all have, like, weird, I think, like, Latin names. So I, I honestly, yeah, I, I honestly but, but, but I, I remember liking that one, but it's been such a while, such a long time since I've, like, put on an Esong album. But I, you know, Anyway. I guess yeah. the good thing is that, you know, the, if they do decide to reunite, you know, the wheels are churning. It's not like they, uh, they're just like, coming out of nowhere and, like, all right, let's try to, like, you know... 
you know, let's try to do this again. Like they actually are, you know, have been making music or at least he's been making music. So it's like, all right, let's shift gears. That's something yeah. I always with bands that are truly reuniting and haven't been doing anything in the interim or anything no, like you know notable. It's like, okay, how's this gonna go? Um, yeah. But in any case, yeah. I mean, I I love this album. I love the um, the production and how it complements what the band does on this, which is relatively along the lines of what Second Wave Black Metal was about. But they kind of took several different aspects of that. Um, that scene and took it in their own and really what seals the deal is Attila's vocals it's just they're so unique from the, from really anything that's come before us since in, in yeah. black metal I, I would also just you know point out um, just the songwriting in general is just super tight like yeah. I, I probably prefer Dark Throne to Mayhem but you know even in like an album like Transylvanian Hunger I feel like there are times like as you progress through the album that like songs go on for like a little too mot long mm, yep. or you know like they feel like they outstay their welcome just a hint mm-hmm. and with, with this album it is just like like every single second of this album just belongs there and it like it doesn't feel like it's a slog at all despite the fact that it's 45 minutes long give or take um yeah just yeah like solid songwriting <laughs> Yeah, and really, this is um, one of a handful of albums I'd say would be the perfect place to start for uh, mm. black metal. If if you are you know open to I, this is not the the if you're completely brand new to black metal, I'd say a band like Death Heaven or you know I'll I'll say or, or one of those type of bands would be good to start with. But if if you're at least familiar with metal and heavy music in general i think that this is a phenomenal place to um to start uh, counter uh if you don't like the vocals on this album which i'll admit i didn't the first time i listened to this uh and i, I can remember the first time you you, you do you remember when it was well, back when i had that um that dodge intrepid and we we were driving over to salem and you put it in uh, i think so yeah yeah I just I did not like that. And I, I mean, to be fair, I like it now, but I think it's because I ended up listening to like uh, you know Transylvanian Hunger and that type of stuff that like just it clicked, yeah, yeah. It just sort of clicked more with me. Um, yeah, like I would say, like you know, like if you're used to you know weird metal vocals, like go for it. But if it's not something you're totally used to, I would I would say you know air more towards the dark throne maybe deaf heaven um yeah <laughs> yeah I and mean, it really i mean we've talked about this you know a bunch of times but what the best entry point is into a genre really depends on where you're coming from exactly so. exactly uh it, it's it's always going to be like a you know sort of a point of contention for for us to you know figure out like the, the, that's why I personally like i don't like those oh you know five albums to get you into x genre or like you know like those type of lists because like I like to be fair they, they, I found them helpful you know when I was starting out and really sort of getting into music seriously but you know the more I go on it doesn't it's not incredibly helpful uh, because you just you know it, it, like we said it, it always depends on where where you're coming from and sort of what you're used to and how much you're willing to you know try something new. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Which, you know, I, all of these are factors that can differ even depending on the day. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm glad that you suggested, because we haven't done an album anniversary for a while. And this was a, yeah. a huge uh, album for me in terms of um, just metal and, in general, I think around the time I listened to this for the first the first time, I wasn't. Um, I, I guess I still consider, consider myself a metalhead to an extent, but I was kind of getting more because I, I think I've told you before that I went from uh, I'm only a metalhead, I can't listen to any other genres to holy <laughs> shit, I, I can now listen to other genres, which obviously I could always do that, um, and kind of just wanting to listen to that and. Uh, in college kind of finally discovering this uh, after I think I bought it in high school but it really clicked in in college you know, in terms of how I feel about it now yeah um, I, I remember that that little phase with you that <laughs> it was fun it was fun because we were both sort of in the same you know uh, realm of thinking uh, you know but but I think you were more on like the you know like the the meathead like deathcore type of side and slowly getting into like more uh not traditional forms of metal but like you know less uh less deathcore <laughs> yeah and, 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 and more more the components of deathcore in general it's crazy to think of just if, if i trace back my entire listening career you know so to say how much time it took to i feel like right now i'm at a point where you know i'm still like you know finding new genres and, and evolving but i'm kind of at a point where i feel like I have the base of like, this is what I listen to. This is what I'm interested in. Yeah. And it took a while for that to happen. Um, and really, I mean, some, some people don't cultivate that at all, which, I mean, that's their prerogative. Uh, you know, yeah. example, I, I haven't really cultivated that much of a fandom for film. You know, I have other, or, or, you know, TV shows or whatever. Like one of my friends has watched every major um, TV series that, you know, like uh, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Game like, you know, yeah, like all, yeah. The, all the main ones. And it is like deep into the storylines and the symbolism. He'll tell you about like, you know, they use different colors in certain Breaking Bad episodes to symbolize different things. Um, you know, like that's that's his oxygen. Whereas for me, hey, it's... Hey, 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 Scott, speaking of uh, speaking of film, uh, have you watched a David Lynch movie? God, yet? you know what? I actually, I like that it came up organically. Yeah, that's funny, but no, I didn't. <laughs> well, we uh, here we go. Here's a bad segue because um, actor is is you know the name of our next album that wow. we're talking about. Hey, God. you know what? That Fuck. at least I I give up. I'm sorry. At <laughs> least that was a segue. I actually I really appreciate the effort on that. I don't I don't think it paid no, off the, super well, but it that, definitely that, was... that was half assed. That that was pathetic. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, so this this is an album that I am very interested to hear Jimmy's thought about thoughts about, even though I, I you know pretty much have an idea of where it's going to go. But Saint You'd Vincent, be surprised, Scott? No, I'm not, I'm not going to be surprised at all. But Saint Vincent has become. Are you though? No. <laughs> um, yeah, Saint Vincent. You know, the album album was called Actor, as as Jimmy so uh, you know succinctly mentioned inappropriately with his little segue. Um, How is that inappropriate? It's just it's it's more stupid. Oh, it's just like, succinctly, like, yeah. Like just kind of like we're gonna go from this this topic to a completely separate, you know. And now, so yeah, it's, of, it's it's a little bit of whiplash. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So she burst onto the scene. Saint Vincent, real name Annie Clark. Uh, actually, one of my favorite uh, songwriters. Have uh, have all of her albums on vinyl. Um, pushes up glasses twirls mustache um <laughs> what waxes mustache yeah actually i don't have her she did a new her latest album mass seduction came out in um 2017 
and she did an entire like acoustic piano driven oh, um, yeah. like my, my mass education yeah and right? it, it uh, some of the songs she released from that are, are gorgeous and i'm a big big fan um but in any case she has been on the scene since 2007 this album came out and actor came out in 2009 you know, obviously this is her 10th anniversary and she basically started with uh, marry me in 2007 which was more of a you know chamber pop kind of singer songwriter you know somewhat of indie folk in a sense but just really pleasant uh thinking of like a like a feist, uh, maybe like a, a less edgy Fiona Apple. Um, basically, that that kind of like you know female lead singer songwriter. Um, you know, a lot of orchestration and stuff like that. Mm. And with actor, although it wasn't super prominent, like definitely in comparison to you know Strange Mercy that came out in twenty eleven, especially not you know her self title which came out in twenty fourteen, which is my oh, is Strange Mercy the one with David Byrne. No, that's uh, Love This Giant. That came out between Strange Mercy and St. Vincent. I think that collaboration was huge in her self-titled, which is my favorite of hers, in 2014. That collaboration was... Because that's her most Talking Heads-esque album. Her Mm self-titled is very much takes after that kind of, you know, art punk, you know, odd kind of approach to rock music. Um, As if you couldn't tell from the cover, but yeah. Yeah, well... (laughs) But actor really kind of set a lot of things into motion as with Strange Mercy and, you know, Then Love is Giant and then self-titled. Uh, there's a lot more. Uh, her role as a guitarist came out a lot more. There are some great mm-hmm. moments on this album that, you know, her kind of really distorted and interesting uh, guitar riffs. Uh, she had a bit more orchestration, a little bit uh, artsier, uh, vaguely experimental. I don't think she, I wouldn't really describe her music as experimental rock, but she definitely does toy with her sound. Um, she is she she definitely takes like what she developed on "Marry Me" and and sort of you know pushes it a little forward and like sort of makes it her own sound. Absolutely, yeah. Because I I feel like you know, kind of listening to it in reverse, "Marry Me" is uh, definitely a Saint Vincent album, and you can appreciate the development, you know, where she went from there. But I'm sure at the time when it came out, it was just another good, but not particularly um, groundbreaking. Or mm. like when Fiona Apple came out with her, like her approach to lyricism and, and that like really brash personality she brought to piano rock. Like that was like holy shit! Like you know she's burst. You know she was that was noteworthy. Uh, whereas Mary Me was like okay, like I like her. Look forward to seeing where she goes from there. Not really something super, um, super like captivating in that sense but i think actor really put it in motion same vincent because she's now one of the most um well-known respected indie artists uh today yeah. and she definitely is at the forefront that really came to be with strange like strange mercy and the self-titled really c- cemented her status as like the, the forefront of you know kind of like the pitchfork blogosphere you know really considers her like a an elder she, stateswoman. <laughs> she really is like the, 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 that. That's just the perfect way. Yeah, to that, that's, that's her. really her niche. Um, yeah, and I feel like that began on actor. Uh, I just I really think that a lot of the ideas you hear there were developed. Um, you know, the kind of approach to guitar, some of the way that that songs develop. They start very sweetly and then have like a little bit of a sinister, like a snarling edge. Nothing too dark, but 
definitely goes in a bit of an odder direction and it doesn't stay like saccharine throughout like marry me is just a pretty album through and through and i think actor whilst it's still very nice pleasant listen there are some kind of kind of left turns here and there that are a little you know a little off kilter again nothing we're not talking about like she goes into like she doesn't have like you know dissident strings or dissonant strings that pop up or she doesn't like go into like this huge like shredding like you know breakdown or whatever but she definitely toys and twists with her sound here and there um yeah. i think she became and more the, confident. the lyrics are pretty dark too yeah and she, she's always been kind of um I really like the, the the narrative she paints with the lyrics, especially you know on her self title. I think is where she was at her peak in every regard. Um, but her vocals, she became a little bit more confident too. She was a little bit kind of a sweet. You know, she's always had a very pretty voice, but I think that on uh, on actor, really, she came into her own uh, just in a lot of ways. I wouldn't say actor is my favorite of her albums, but I, I I do love what she does here, and I, I appreciate um, how much of an impact this had on her becoming who she is today um of course i would love to hear jimmy's opinion because I, I don't think that it, it will receive as glowing a review from uh jim jam <laughs> uh so yeah you you're right but um i i think i, I want to make a couple things clear that i first off i i don't i'm not a huge indie uh fan i it's just not a sound that i'm in love with uh there are very few exceptions to that rule for me so, like, you know, going into this, I, I knew that this wasn't going to be, like, you know, the best thing I'd ever listened to. Um, I think also, um, you know, when we talk about these anniversaries, you know, I, I like to try to think about the positive impact that these albums have. So I'm trying to keep my thoughts on here to be more on the positive side than the negative um so like i i will say like i i enjoyed it more than i thought i would i was really i was i was kind of dreading it dreading to listen to this thing um at first and because i kind of expected just bland indie pop you know and and like you know just being bored for an hour kind Mm -hmm. of um and i didn't get that at all like you know i every track here is just so perfectly arranged and just like the instrumentation is just so it, it's it's very bizarre for like a for like a baroque pop album mm-hmm. um you know and like just it, it really it feels like her like you know it, it feels like she's just like letting her freak flag fly if mm-hmm. you will um so like i think that's really cool and I, I think just another thing is just that when it comes to baroque pop i think this is like one of those few examples of like someone doing it and not just ripping off like pet sounds mm, yeah <laughs> so or or maybe like hounds of love yeah so um yeah i i think it's really interesting i think it's it's also interesting to see that like this is sort of the norm now like you know i mean the, this thing came out 10 years ago and it, it still sounds fresh if mm-hmm. you get what i mean um like if somebody had played this for me and said like this came out yesterday i wouldn't be surprised yeah that's um, very true yeah like it just it just like it has sort of this timeless quality i mean it, it, to be fair it, it's it's been 10 years so th- there's no telling how this will age mm-hmm. past this but you know so far considering just the amount of indie music and sort of the way indie music has just exploded during like the last like two decades um 
you know, I, I think it's really cool to see that this thing is still very cutting edge. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I, I like that you said it's very much her because I think this yeah. is the album where she really came out as, um, as being like her own, you know, yeah. this really was the point where St. Vincent became St. Vincent. Like to me, Marry Me has always felt like an Annie Clark album, if that makes sense. It's kind of, felt yeah, no, more, I, I, I get you. It, uh, it's, it's sort of like, um, like early, early David Bowie, like before, um, uh, what's his, what's that song? Um, not life on Mars. <laughs> oh God. I can't even remember the song now, you know, I, I, ground control to major tom that whole thing oh yeah yep um oh space oddity god yep. god damn it <laughs> um like it's sort of like if you listen to the stuff before that like it's good but it's like it doesn't feel like bowie-ish yeah mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> i i think that that's it, i mean it's just it, it's a very good individual statement and i, I think that's something that's very lacking in a lot of indie music or at least my that's my opinion anyway is just like a lot of it just feels like it's been the same thing over and over and over again Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that's why i've always gravitated to uh sam vincent i mean from the moment i heard i really i first got into her i was aware of her before her self-title but that's what introduced me to her and i just loved how there are a lot of parallels to what's going on with you know indie pop baroque pop um you know, kind of alternative rock, you know, art rock, stuff like that. You know, you can hear uh, her, you know, the influences she draws from any given, you know, genre, time period. Obviously, she's a huge Talking Heads fan. Uh, her latest album, Mass Seduction, very much uh, kind of more in a, a, a pop direction, but still maintaining her edge. But she always is kind of her own person to at least some extent. And, and I, I've always appreciated that I can get the sound that I, I enjoy from the genre she pulls from, but all, you know, always from her own perspective. Yeah. I, I think that, that that's such a, um, that's such a key thing for a singer songwriter as mm-hmm. well. Yep. And it's something that I, I don't think is pointed out a lot as much. And like, I think that's supposed to, I consider that to be why, you know, I'm not even sure how to word this right, but like singer songwriters as a whole, like I, I, I think, you listen to them not for the you know bizarre out there antics that they do but more how they're able to put their own self into their music Mm -hmm. and um i think a lot of that gets lost sometimes and it's only like you know it's an artist like stan vincent's an artist like i think for you pj harvey Mm, um, yeah that's another great example like tom waits you know just these people who or Nick Drake, even, mm-hmm. um, who, like, really are able to just, like, scrape the bottom of their heart and just sort of, like, plaster it mm-hmm. onto their music and make it a part of their music. Uh, as opposed to just, oh, here's another batch of songs because we do this every other year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But, yeah, thanks so much for... Um, I was really glad uh, that you were willing to give it a listen, and I'm, I'm glad yeah. to hear... You know, even if you didn't love it, you at least appreciated um yeah appreciate um, it so i've actually listened to this before i remember um because i think when you bought both of those on vinyl you gave me the um the download code i did yeah for both so i do remember listening to them and I, I remember not hating them but not being like head over heels for them either sure i think that was probably the last time i've ever listened to saint vincent actually to, to be totally fair which i kind of regret because i remember really liking the self-titled album 
Um, I have to listen to that again. But I, I just, I, I mean, side note, I've bought so much music in the last week that like, I need to just take a break. <laughs> I know that feeling. I've had that yeah. before where I just, I remember uh, that record store we went to both Music Connection and Newbury, and I just, I bought so much music it was ridiculous. Yeah, and I felt like I was listening to new music like. Just the new album every day. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what? What? Because I, I I like being able to justify you know buying new music you know weekly or at least regularly. And when you buy that much at once, you're like, "All right, I guess I'll take a few months off." Yeah, and it like, never like, ends, up, ends up happening. But you know, at so least. do you remember last week when I said that I was going to buy like four Rush albums? Yeah, yeah, I ended up buying the the last three <laughs> that oh, I was going to buy last week. This week, that's funny. <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, I don't regret them because I just I fucking love Rush, man. <laughs> it yeah, makes I'm... me even it makes me even happier that my dad hates it, hates Rush, <laughs> kind of. So I remember you told me when you you had the first track, the twenty one twelve. I was like, oh, this thing's like fucking twenty minutes long. Yeah, he's like twenty minutes of Rush. No way. Yeah, not, not gonna, <laughs> just immediately not fast happen. forwards. I'm like, dude, that was just the Temple of Syrinx. That is like the best part of that entire suite. It would have gone on for two more minutes if you would have just stayed in place and <laughs> shut your mouth <laughs> oh that's awesome so, anyway i think i think we should move on before before i get really salty <laughs> yeah but speaking of being salty uh uh see that's that's my my try to segue um this is something yeah, we're, i, I we're, we're both just bad at segues i think yeah but that's that's okay it, it it's endearing kind of yeah uh we <laughs> i brought this up to jimmy and he recommended that we we kind of touch on it a little bit uh, just the idea of um, are legends infallible to a certain extent? Being you know legendary musicians, uh, are the you know mainstream critics and whatnot? Are they afraid to criticize them if they release a bad album? And of course, this is was prompted by something. Um, yeah, the, I um, I've been a uh, big. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I was I was going to tell, but you can go ahead and tell it. So. Yeah, I I have been a huge Earth fan for a while. Um, if you know me, I've probably brought this up that I have not been a fan of their last two albums. Uh, I really didn't enjoy Primitive and Deadly. I thought the music was okay, um, but I did not like the incorporation of vocals at all. I really mm-hmm. didn't like the the fact that they, you know, on Bees Made Honey and the Lion Skull, they had introduced you know organ and piano, and then on the Angels of uh, Darkness, Demons of Light, um, kind of duo they had there. They had cello, which I thought added a very rich layered textured sound to what they were already doing and they kind of became just a your you know obviously through the earth lens but more or less your typical stoner doom band and then on top of that you have you know vocals which i really didn't think um fit and then from there you have their latest album um full upon her burning lips which kind of takes those issues, removes the vocals, but now a lot of the songs are much shorter. They're just not as, um, they're just not even, they don't have the time to breathe and develop. And all that to say, I was surprised given you know, my experience with the album, which obviously, you know, everyone's opinion, everyone's mileage varies, but it was as if they released another masterpiece. I mean, you know, bank, bank. Uh, I mean, I, to be fair, I, 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 maybe we haven't, been like i haven't read like every review for it but like i think they so this conversation came around because i i think it was the quietest put out a review of it and just like the blurb for it is just like oh like i I, let me pull it up because i just found it really funny 
Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, Full of Ponder Moving Lips may be Earth's busiest album to date, but it is also their loveliest. Finds Tom Cole's, which you know, I, I like. We're, we're not, we're not here to say that someone's opinion is wrong, uh, by any means. But I, when I read that little blurb, I'm like, first off, like, the the single I heard from this album was not busy at all, and from the reviews I've seen, it is far from their loveliest. <laughs> yeah, which is also an odd way to describe an album. But again, not, not trying to critique someone's writing style, I guess. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, this thing, like you know. It, someone's opinion is their own opinion it's just you know this ended up spurring a conversation between us uh, that we thought we'd save kind of for here and just this idea of you know are you know our reviewers our critics blinded you know or you know like or scared by legendary bands I I don't know if scared is the right word because I think I do think that applies because, I mean, even if you like this, I would love to hear someone tell me that this is one of Earth's best albums. It just, I mean, again, everyone has their own opinion, but like based on what they've done before, I I really don't see how you can argue this is one of their best, especially, you know, given in the pretty recent past, they've released some albums that I think are much better than this. Um, But I think that the fear comes in with uh, not, you know, they did a feature with, you know, Bandcamp did a feature on, on them, kind of how to get into Earth, different places, the interviews with Dylan Carlson, you know, do you want to burn a big artist like that? And potentially they are not going to be interested in doing um, or interview with you or that maybe they, they won't send you the promo or whatever. I see, mean, I, I don't know, because like, I, I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from, but we also live in a society where the media kind of controls like nearly every aspect of our reality you know and where like uh outrage and negativity can actually turn out to be bigger motivating factors and more attention it it can actually gain more attention than something positive um like you know i i want to point out like you know eminem's latest couple of albums that are considered the absolute worst in his career um meanwhile you know like you know nobody nobody cares if they're pissing off Eminem or not mm-hmm. no for so, sure l- l- like I, 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 I I'm not saying that it's all this or all the other like I, I think it's just it's sort of a mixture of both like I think that there are some people who you know don't want to piss off somebody really big like that like th- that's why like I mean personally like if we do a review of somebody and I don't uh, and it's not a very positive review. I tend not to even tag them on Twitter mm-hmm. because I and it, it, it for me it's more out of like respect in a way because I, I think we, we're 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 entitled to our opinion. I firmly believe that, but that doesn't mean that we need to shove our opinion in some artist's face. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, but I would also say that I think part, I, I think some of our. Uh, some of these glowing reviews for some of these legendary out al- legendary bands new output that isn't very good is it, like they rate it as good because they're kind of blinded by you know like, their own nostalgia and sort of the idea that this has to be a good band and that like no matter what they do it's good like sort of um radiohead king of limbs like you know a lot of people like that album but it's overall kind of has this mixed reception you know it's notably anthony fantano's least favorite radiohead album um 
like to the point that he said that like even like the live version of of the king of limbs is actually better than the studio version yeah i'm um, saying that yeah a, and so like you know a, a, like i mean I've, I've brought this up before about radiohead that like i think it was was it ign or spin who did that article that was like radiohead can do no wrong that you know like it's I, I I think we tend to we tend to deify a lot of these bands because they play such an important role in you know our you know in, in us just enjoying life and mm-hmm. enjoying and just you know having fun and you know connecting with music. So we we tend we we don't want them to come up with something bad. So you know sometimes we'll like believe the lie, but yeah, like like. like off the top of my head, too, I, I can think of the new Depeche Mode album, Spirit, I think is possibly their weakest album to date. Um, and I say this as someone who's who I've listened throughout, through their entire discography numerous times and enjoy every single album. So, it's, yeah. I, I all, all I'm trying to say in, the, in this point is just that, like, I, I think there's, there's, there's more than one reason why uh, these you know, albums that we think don't deserve such high praise are getting such high praise. Sure. And I think that, um, it happens a lot in metal, especially because I feel like a lot of artists reach a point where they kind of are just doing more or less cannibal corpse, the same thing. So it's kind of, if it would feel odd that, I mean, People have decided this is like good. You know what they're doing is is good, and to suddenly say, "Oh, like well now it's getting boring." I think that they always, and you can tell when. Like I used to read Decibel, and like they would usually hover around a seven or eight. And if it was an album that was definitely very mediocre, they would kind of give it a seven, just like find a polite way to say it's good. They're they're still doing their thing. Like they're they're doing well. They're still kicking. You know they they were afraid. Or maybe they're not afraid, but maybe they just want to avoid saying, "Yeah, like this is pretty boring." They really should switch it up. Um, and yeah. I, I think a great example of this, and this is starting to deteriorate as he continues to make even more of an ass of himself than he used to. But Kanye, like I feel uh, I, like I thought you were going to say Morrissey. No, okay. well, yeah, that that ship has sailed with Morrissey for a lot. Like nobody likes Morrissey anymore. Like that <laughs> meme I sent you the other day. Yeah, I know. Oh, that was so funny. But God. yeah, I remember when. When Yeezus came out, especially, I think that was such a huge example of like everyone kind of looking around the room to being like, "Yeah, this is great, right?" And like, "Oh yeah, this is really like." I feel like everyone, it, like, it's if, the the Emperor's New Albums. Exactly. No, exactly. Because when you yeah. actually listen to the lyrics and you listen to the production, you're like, "This is at best like, like fine, I guess." Like, but there are a lot of really like some of the lyrics on that were terrible. Like some of the production was like maybe not bad but he clearly didn't know what he was doing like he heard some death grips he heard some industrial hip-hop and was like okay i'm gonna do that but like everyone the reaction to it was insane um and i think it was a case of like like you know he's doing something different let's take a stance on this and everyone just did they didn't want to be the person to be quote-unquote wrong because the reviewers who did come out and say yeah this is like not good that he didn't do a good job got lambasted as not getting it and i think that's another component to this is um reviewers losing credibility because they you know quote unquote didn't get something or they you know just didn't didn't listen to it enough i mean there's there's any number of things there's any number of things can i go on a little rant for a second sure because like that idea of of getting music frankly just 
pisses me off. Oh yeah, no, such a it, fundamental it annoys, level. It annoys me so much. Like, yeah, because like music, like art, isn't something to get. Like you know, it's it's not this masturbatory intellectual exercise for you. It's you know, it, it, it's not to say that it can't have that, and that it can't you know you know have that effect on you, but you know, fundamentally, like it's it's about enjoying it. Like you know, like. To get something, you know, if you want to get art, you know, connect with it emotionally. You you don't need to be like, oh, you know, I know exactly what he's talking about in this lyric. Like, because really, when it comes to this type of stuff, like, the, the, this isn't, like, nonfiction. This isn't, you know, scientific. These aren't scientific journals or anything like that. This is art which exists in just a very, like, a gray, nebulous space uh-huh. that you know is free for interpretation so like you know i you you could take like a tom Waits song and you know you could say oh you know he's being this or that with this and you are right technically but you are at the same time not right objectively Mm -hmm. if if you get what i mean so i just like for to have some critic be derided for that i think is just so stupid because like i mean first of all like I mean, not not to be, like, a little elitist, but, like, it's a critic's job to look at a, you know, to look at a piece of art with an eye that most people don't have, mostly because they don't have the time for it. Um, and so, like, you know, to say that they don't get it is is just really insulting because, like, like they like, they probably spent more time with this album than most fans have. Yeah, and I think what what needs to be gotten, I guess, or like what it takes to get an an album, quote unquote, at least in the sense, like I would view for me, I think I've used, you know, do I get this album with kind of, do I get what it's going for? Like, am I do I am I appreciating? Because there are times where I've listened to albums, I'm like, I don't really, I'm I'm not really feeling this right now. Like, I'm not really, I'm yeah. not at the level. And it takes a few listens to, you know, kind of feel out, okay, this is what it's going for, and I think it's good. Or, like, this is what it's going for, I don't really think it hits the mark. Sometimes it takes a few listens and whatnot. But yeah. w- what that means for a different listen, a different listener, um, like, for example, you know, let's say you don't like grindcore. Um, you know, no matter, or, like, you don't, you don't like any other given genre. If you listen to something, you're never going to get it because you don't like it, you know, quote-unquote. And obviously, get in this in this context is kind of all over the place of what other yeah. people mean. And it's it's interesting how they decide what is worth getting because at the end of the day, when people usually when people are like you know really lambasting a reviewer or whatever, um, like reviewers review a lot of music. That's just the nature of what they they do. And I, I think some people they conflate the fact that. Um, you know what they're listening to you know, with it with an artist like they're listening to like one of their favorite artists new albums so obviously they're they're going to be totally fine listening to it like 15 million times yeah and someone might only listen to it three times that's why it's always tough when i i was asked before um when i review things like well how many times did you listen to it like as if that's like a surefire like sl- yo. Yeah, it, it's really not because like you know sometimes you'll have something that you know requires like you know 10 or 15 listens yeah, and then side. there's something, yeah, like an example um, that was just, I, I was listening to this last week, uh, the new Oxbow album, The Thin Black Duke. Yeah. Uh, when I was first listening to this, 
it was not a lot of fun and it was very difficult and just seemed kind of boring and you know and even like oliver from deep cuts and anthony fantano said the same thing that's like this is a very difficult album to like get into mm-hmm. um and you know i gave it another try sometime later and i fucking love it like i think it is just one of the most interesting rock albums of the decade uh you know it's it's just so out there and it's really prompted me to sort of go back into their discography and it's actually kind of funny because the other album i've listened to from them is possibly even more difficult <laughs> so it's just like uh you know it it, it it all depends on the artist but also your own background and sort of how you're feeling at the present moment that like you know be, like i know that I you, there are certain genres that I don't want to listen to all the time, like you know, uh, like free jazz. Like free free jazz is something that like I, I sort of need to be in like the right mood for. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, when it comes to like you know, um, I don't know, like, like classical music, like I could put that on whenever and I'll be fine with it. So you know, it all depends. And I, I not to keep interrupting you, but I just had this one quote. Uh, that I felt like was very relevant for this conversation. Um, it's, um, with my music, as is the case with some of my friends who are painters, I often have people come to me and say, I like it, but I don't understand it. Many people apparently don't trust their reactions to art or to music unless there's a verbal explanation for it. In music, the only thing that matters is whether you feel it or not. You can't intellectualize music. To reduce it analytically often is to reduce it to nothing very important. And that was uh, Ornick Coleman uh, yeah. writing in the liner notes to Change of the Century, which I, I, I think I've recited this on this podcast before. But it's a great, um, great quote. Yeah, I, I think it's just like, you know, getting something is just like, like it's a very nebulous term. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in, you know, just this idea that I think everybody's coming to an album different like even beyond the fact that music is going to be subjective and art is going to be subjective i think we're all looking at it from completely different points of view mm-hmm. you know like um example like you know uh, to pimp a butterfly like i think you know you, you're much more uh you know interested and engaged with politics with like modern politics than i am so you know i i find an album like that to just be you know, kind of disappointing and not really what, you know, I like to hear in rap. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, I, I, you and, you know, a lot of people consider it to be, you know, one of the most important hip hop albums of all time. Um, you know, and I don't necessarily agree, but I'm not exactly going to fight you on it. <laughs> mm. So, but it's, it, it's kind of like, like, you know, Fantano got, got some heat for, you know, giving damn a seven, <laughs> like that whole meme. Yeah. Um, well. which, which still won't die. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like you, you it did, like, I think it goes back to, you know, the question that started this whole conversation. Is it blindness or is it fear or is it just, a lack of objectivity of being able like, it, by objectivity in this sense I mean the ability to look at someone else's views and realize that while they are not yours they are you know nonetheless valid 
Exactly. And I, I, I've kind of been interesting how this conversation has taken different twists and turns, but yeah. I think it ultimately a good way I like to describe it is when like, how do you, how do you view or what's your opinion on like the jock or like the popular kid in high school? Like if you were in the in crowd or if you generally liked him or thought he was funny when he would make a joke, you would think it was funny. But if you thought he was a jerk or an asshole, like when he would make a joke, you're like, Oh, that's not funny. He's a jerk. Like, mm. you know, really, and just, that's kind of like a real world example for me. Like, depending on what I thought of a person, and we all do this, we, what we think of someone, or like a comedian or a painter, like, if we go into something with a, you know, positive mindset, or if we go into it with a negative mindset, it'll be kind of harder for us to break that, you know, preconception. Yep. And I Definitely. think, I think what, um, what I pull from that in terms of music is that a lot of these artists, the examples we've listed are people that have already built favor with critics. They've already kind of built a reputation for themselves. So it's a little more, more difficult for them to admit, or maybe they just come from a, from a positive angle that this new release is not good. You know, it's, it's hard for them to kind of rationalize. Like th- they, they're coming to, to a release potentially with, with the idea that, okay, this is a good artist. You know, this is someone who releases good music. Um, and that might, might make it more difficult for them to um, be objective about it. I know I've done it sometimes where, like, on first pass, like, I'll be like, oh, this is great because I love the artist. And then as time goes on, um, you know, yeah, it's like, just it like, just turns it's you like, off. you know what? I'm, I'm actually not on second pass. Like, I kind of, I let the, the fact that they have a, you know, like, we, we're all guilty of we're excited that one of our favorite artists finally released a new album. You know, it's that's something that we've yeah. all, all done. And then, you know, once you dive deeper into it, like, I remember, um, I've, I I kind of um, I kind of enjoyed Damn on first pass, but on subsequent listens, it just I it, it just didn't do it for me. It, it just I, I didn't love it as much because you know, you, with Kendrick especially, he's built up this you know reputation as like you know this ingenious infallible figure in hip hop for a lot of people. So I feel like when Damn came out, and you know obviously people might differ, but when it wasn't very good when it wasn't wasn't very well made um which i think in general it's definitely been less well received than his previous albums in my opinion i mean i guess it depends, yeah. depends well, on where so you look I, but i i i think the commercial i think it's more commercially successful though yes because it, it, i mean it, humble is yeah. is a was a huge radio hit yeah i you know so i i think the the answer to this you know um that and i i just I don't think this conversation has, you know, uh, an exact answer, but I think something to keep in mind that I think is a key to unlocking this whole debate is that, you know, artists are people too. Uh-huh. And, you know, like any person, even though they may have been immensely talented, that doesn't always last. And their, you know, like their perceptions of their own artistry you know, can always, can wildly differ from our views of their artistry. And so in like people, they're, you know, they, they've, they're always, you know, um, susceptible to making mistakes. You know, it, it's just, you know, a part of life. And I think, you know, a lot of this um, worship comes from, you know, unnecessarily like, you know, the, the unnecessary deification of a lot of these artists 
and I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I understand why people do that, you know, because like, you, you know, you, you listen, you know, like maybe you had like a really shitty day and, you know, you just feel really sad and alone. And then you put on, you know, an album from an artist that you like and, you know, suddenly, you know, things don't look as bleak. And, you know, like, you, you know, in, in, in that moment, there was sort of an intimacy there. And so you want to defend those people because, you know, they, they've helped you out in some way. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, I, I still don't think that that's the right thing to do to, you know, say that these people are like infallible or, you know, or at least the, like, I, I don't think there's anybody except for like that, that one Radiohead article. Like, I don't think there's been anybody who's like really gone out and said like, oh, this artist is perfect. But I think it's like the generally accepted idea. Mm-hmm. Like, um, oh, I mean, it, maybe this is a weird example because uh, they're not hugely popular, even sort of in metal. But uh, the Black Dahlia murder, like, I, I feel like, you know, people love their albums and like they don't really have a bad album when it comes to like critical acclaim to me from, from what I can see anyway. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. So, uh, I think I think that's fair. I think another example, and, and I, I would actually tend to agree with this. Uh, Converge is another great example. Yeah, like I, I don't know if anyone would ever, um, would ever give them a. I think at, at you know if we're doing a ten scale, I think reviewers would at, at the lowest give them like a seven out of ten. Like if, yeah, if that usually. I, I mean, like a, I, maybe an, I would say more of an eight. Even. Yeah, I, well, I think for them like like, like kind of a, a solid release. Like uh, I think. Yeah. Um, for some people, uh, actually, I can't, maybe you're right. Like, I'm actually thinking back to was where any of their recent albums like received mediocrely, and I don't even think that's also that's not even a word, but we're gonna go with it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that, that 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 that's that communications degree. Yeah, ex- exactly. You. Um. And, and you know what? Even after all that, maybe um, I'm guilty of this in terms of you know I'm looking at this from uh, you know like my opinion of of the new earth album maybe it's just because i'm coming at it from a negative standpoint like i said i mean i would again i'm not saying that my opinion is objective i would say that in looking at just what the album on paper has i i think it's it's i just i think it's bad like i don't think that they wrote it well but maybe it's maybe my own biases are at play i mean that's totally I, possible i don't know because I, I so i i read your your review of it on heavy blog and you were actually really fair about that and uh, you know, this isn't me trying to kiss your ass because, you know, no, a, go ahead. A, by all means, <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If, if I felt like you were being a little dickheadish, like I would, I would most likely, you know, kind of make that obvious to you somehow. Yeah. Um, like, I totally but, get that. But like w- within the context of your, you, I think you were like, oh, earth is sort of going back to basics. But the thing is like the base like the basics at this point don't cut it i think if if i remember that's actually a really great summation context that's a really great summation in my review is that they you know after pushing forward in so many different directions it really does seem like um you know obviously their formula is pretty there's not not that much they can do with it without completely changing what they do i mean they do have a relatively simple formula but i guess i didn't expect that the next step from there was let's be even more simpler like we, we can't we can't progress that much more or like we don't want to progress that much more so instead let's just not do anything <laughs> which yeah. i think is an interesting choice um but in any case yeah. i mean yeah. it, 
yeah, it, it's you know, it, I I really don't think that it's because you came from a from a negative point of view because I I think that it's just like, I I think a lot of this too has to do with, uh, you know where you start with a certain artist or with a certain genre. Yeah. Because I, I think if you had started with like this album instead of Angels of Darkness, Demons of Light, or maybe like Earth 2, mm-hmm. um, it, what, what, what was your first, by the way? It was, um, I think it was Angels of Darkness, Demons of Light yeah, 2. Th- th- that's what I thought. And yeah. so like, you know, but so like if you started with, you know, this new one instead of that, you know, I I feel like maybe your opinion could be a little bit different. You know, um, the, 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 like I know, you know, looking back at like Depeche Mode, that if you, you, like the first album I ever listened to um, from them was uh, Some Great Reward, mm-hmm. like I love that album. But you know, and I think I have a special place in my heart for that album now, mm-hmm. um, even though nowadays it's probably not my favorite, and it's certainly not their best. Um, you know. It, 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 it's all about sort of the timing and you know the the kind of art that you're you, you know what, what you're starting at mm-hmm. um like yeah <laughs> i, I there's there just there's so many factors at play and i think there are so many debates and conversations and intellectual uh you know curiosities we could invoke um with music and i think i, I don't think any of that is inherently wrong but I think it it has the possibility um, to sort of, you know, blind us to make us not see the forest through the trees and mm-hmm. realize that, you know, art and music, you know, they're but like they're meant to be enjoyed first and foremost. Absolutely. That, you know, to, you know, to say that, you know, this exists because, you know, this person's trying to do some intellectual, you know, exploration of this theme or that, like, you know, Uh good on them. But like, the real question is, do you enjoy it? And like, you know, not to go on like a little rant, but like, that's something I've always wanted to ask like English professors, because I feel like sometimes the way they talk about the work that they're teaching, it feels like they have like no joy for it anymore. So, (laughs) um, yeah, like, so, yeah, it's just, it's all, like, just, just shut up and enjoy the music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is, is, is what I'm going to say, and to, to finish my, my, my section off for this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's about it, frankly. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, uh, I guess, albums of the week? Yeah, why don't you, right. uh, uh, why don't what you go is, ahead? Uh, okay, all right. Um, so... Yeah, this was kind of a tough thing. I actually had to I had to look through because um I don't know if you knew this, but I, I actually keep a journal of everything I listen to. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so like, or at least if it's a full album, I will I will list it, and I've been doing this for probably like three or four years now. Um, so but but so I I looked through what I was listening to this week because I've just been just really busy, so I didn't really couldn't really think of a whole lot and um an album i ordered a couple albums that came in this week and one of them is my album of the week and uh it's uh the self-titled uh debut from uh this heat oh okay great yeah uh which i never listened to this before i listened to their second album deceit and um i thought it was really interesting i ended up you know sending it to you 
and having you listen to it. And I think you, you listen to both, right? Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought they were both yeah. fantastic albums. Yeah. And so, you know, listening to this, for, I was really entranced by this. And I, I just thought it was um, it was a cool example of an album that, like, you know, is kind of a blind purchase. But is nonetheless just, you know, it, it feels like you're only scratching the surface with it. That there's just so much to it that you could just keep listening to it for like a day or, you know, just even like the rest of your life. And you feel like like there's there's always more to discover. Like the, the, it's a quality I've always liked in a lot of my music, especially like the music of John Zorn, mm-hmm. that there's always something else that's sort of constantly eluding you. And part of the enjoyment is sort of that chase to get to that, you know, elusive little part mm-hmm. in it. Um, so, yeah. This heat, this heat, uh, yeah, super good. I would suggest checking it out. Um, I think they're reissuing them, if I remember correctly, on vinyl or something like that. So that's cool. Yeah, so for, for those vinyl fans out there, you know, try to look that up. Or no, no, you, you know what? I think it was digital. It could have been digital reissues. I think that 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 makes more sense. But anyway, what is uh, your album of the week, good sir? So just just because of. Uh... You know, I've had a few weeks where I just I have to kind of be heads down on my computer listening to music. I or uh, doing work. I've been listening to a ton of new music. Um, you know, wanting to catch up, wanting to you know both go back and listen to some albums I really wanted to listen to, and then um, catching up on new albums. And a new album that came out that I listened to a bunch of times in a row that I thought was fantastic. Um, it's a new album by Petrol Girls, and it's called Cut and Stitch. Um, this is a really, really pissed off British punk album. Um, <laughs> it is uh, kind of in the Riot Girl tradition, if you know that okay. scene. Yeah, um, I, I'm aware of that. Bikini Kill and like those stuff. Yeah, of- like early Sleater Kenny stuff like that. Yeah, uh, just really pissed off, ferocious, like hypercharged, you know, hypercharged lyrics talking about different different issues ranging from. You know, obviously, there's there's some songs about Brexit and and just you know the shit show that is British politics, and then talking about some more personal issues and just you know emotional topics and whatnot. Just really, uh, really incredibly well written in, in multi many ways. It kind of feels like, um, you know, Savages that kind of all all female yeah. post punk band. It feels like that mixed with Counterparts, which is like a melodic okay. melodic hardcore band. Yeah, I can see that, and it kind of has a a very very keen ear towards the past and the future which i really appreciate and in general it's just very catchy while also being very hard-hitting like there's some post core noise rock there's just some some subtle influences that really is you know rooted in um you know just some great hypercharged punk um, I, i'm just curious in and be, before we wrap up uh, have you ever listened to the band idols i think I think so. I think I listened to their Are newest album. Oh, they, I think what is it? Joy is an act of resistance. Is yes, I think one? I. I think I like that. Uh, because I people describe idols, especially their album Brutalism, as like just like as pissed off as you can get. And I've tried to listen to that album many times, and I just don't see it. But uh, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this is the case of me being wrong here because I like, like the way you describe this album sounds really cool. So yeah, I mean I I, I think you might like it. And yeah. the great thing is that the way they write the the lyrics um, are kind of coded. 
Like some of the songs oh, about about that's cool. about yeah. uh, Brexit aren't like like you know like fuck Theresa May or whatever or like you know the prime yeah. the prime minister should burn it, like it's kind of like there's one song I read into it just because I really liked uh, the way the the vocals ended you know ended the song what the lyrics were about and it was kind of uh, the way the narrative went down it was she felt like she was being you know trapped in a house because her her boyfriend significant other was you know afraid of the outside afraid of the outside world wanted to protect him protect her became very controlling um which is was kind of an allegory for brexit kind of yeah. what the british See, government was doing but the way that it was delivered very much could be ceo interpreted from a personal angle See, I, I i like that a lot i think that that's just such a great i think th- that's part of what makes that art even more impactful um, you know, I, I, when you were saying that, I was thinking of um, the track Satan and the Weight from uh, the latest Daughters album. Mm-hmm. Because if you look in the lyrics of that, you could read it as sort of talking about the rise of the alt-right mm-hmm. and sort of Trump's election and everything. But at the same time, it's it's so abstract in its lyricism that, you know, to definitively say one thing or another is really like you know um is kind of to miss the point so no it, it, this sounds like a really cool album so yeah i was i was drawn to it uh it looks like a like a quilt made out of leaves uh, <laughs> like like i, th- I think it, that's what it looks like literally like they made that for the album cover and it really caught my eye um, just the name you know petrol girls obviously you know, yeah you think about molotov cocktails and think about you know like anarchy and stuff like that i was pleasantly surprised by uh, what I found, I think I've told you before. I haven't just recently. Punk hasn't it hasn't grabbed me in the same way. Like that kind of for whatever reason, mm. it's just it's one of those genres that you know, like hip hop's kind of the same way. Where there haven't been a lot of hip hop albums recently that have truly grabbed me. So you know, it's nice to have once in a while genres I used to love back in the day finally you know come around for yeah. You know, I I think not not to get too into this, but like I I think part of the reason that is the way it is is because like. I think both of those genres are like extremely like relevant right now. I think you know punk more in the underground, but like you know, and, and I think that their relevance has sort of caused those genres to like sort of swallow themselves whole. If if you get what I mean. Oh, for for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the saturation of, um, like obviously there's going to be great hip hop no matter what. Like actual for every genre, there's going to be good yeah. good music. But I just felt like. A it's, lot it's like of, tougher to find now. Like trap was just such a, it's just saturated hip hop so much that it, it, it permeated. You know, I mean, Kendrick had some trap beats on his, uh, you know, on, on Damn, Damn, for example, and he he went from making like a jazz funk influenced, you know, epic about you know race race issues to suddenly now he has like a a trap beat where he's, you know talking about fucking some chick in his polo socks and the pullout couch and stuff like that. It's just, it's <laughs> stuff. And obviously that's, that that's not a, an entire genre norm, but it's just kind of, it, it puts an idea in your head, you know, whether or not yeah. it's fair or not, the kind of the, the, the stereotype that you run with can sometimes just kind of turn you off, you know, whether, however yeah. fair or unfair that is just kind of your, your inkling of like, for example, um, you know, like I, I, uh, I haven't listened to a ton of uh, um, like symphonic black metal, or I didn't for the longest time, because what was big at the time was like Cradle of Filth and Dimmu Borgir, more, more yeah. so Cradle of Filth, and they were just super 
super cheesy, super over the top. And like, I don't even necessarily dislike that band in particular, but it just, it felt very campy. So for the longest time I avoided it, but now I've, I've, there's certain like Lychgate's a great example. Like they're a fantastic symphonic black metal band that I finally decided to give a shot. And I was like, fuck, maybe I like this genre. Like I remember for, for cult column for heavy blog, I like, there was like several months in a row where I was like, I, I keep saying that I don't typically like symphonic black metal, but then I keep finding albums that I like from the genre that I'm writing mm. up. So maybe I do, maybe I like it after <laughs> all. But yeah, I think this has been our longest album of the album of the week segment so far. Yeah, no, but but I think it's good. So yeah, and, um, and definitely I think that specifically that album would be very much up uh, your alley. Uh, I think that yeah, you'd enjoy uh, I it. Definitely want to check that out. So um, I guess we're gonna go do that, and uh, so everybody have a good week thanks for listening yeah and we will see you next week all right take care bye bye